0: Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross, former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, and who also served in the Army. We thank Higher Echelon for sponsoring this podcast. And this is going to be a a fun one for us and also you guys watching right now. We want your interaction with this uh, podcast. The best uh, football games you've ever seen at Mikey Stadium, best Army football games at Mikey Stadium and i'm going to welcome our guest first uh Seth Mendelson. Seth you had the article earlier this week on your favorite games and now Seth is going to be our army football historian, right? Seth you go back to the Raleigh Stitchway days of watching football games at Mikey Stadium. So that's your your historian. Seth is um an army fan for life basically and a a, a journalist um throughout throughout uh, throughout his uh, career here and uh we have uh, Brendan also joining us, an uh, Army fan that I've interacted with. Probably uh, – Brendan, I started the beat in 2007, and uh, I remember interacting with you early, and I figured uh, you responded to our, our, our Twitter uh, post and figured get you on um, and also get your uh, thoughts on your favorite games. Um, guys, if you're watching right now, you could check our YouTube channel out at Black Knight Nation – uh, we got, we just had an interview with Bryce Holland last night, a podcast with Bryce Holland, the 2018 captain of the team that won 11 games, won 11 and two man. Bryce had some great insight on how army football got to where it was and how successful it was. Uh, please check that out. Check out black Knight nation. You uh, our Black Knight nation website, black nation.com. And also uh, you can find us on uh, audio podcasts, um, you know, Apple uh, Spotify and the like. So Guys, um, Seth, you know, your list right away, we can start with yours because, um, you know, it's on our website right now and people got a chance to read it and then people got a chance to respond with their favorite games. Um, talk to us a little bit about, first off, your your early um, times watching Army football and then how you put together the list, so to speak, because it took me a while to put together my list. I wonder You have a lot more years than I do uh, watching Army football, Seth. So.
1: Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. If I could just start by saying, telling a quick story about uh, uh, the, the, the beauty of the internet. Um, uh, before the Army Navy game in December, Uh, I have about 2,500 followers on my own Facebook page. And I wrote, many of them are not sports people. These are friends and family and and whatever, acquaintances. I wrote about the fact that I'm going to the Army-Navy game. uh, And I started the story off by mentioning a bunch of Army players through the years. And then I wrote Raleigh-Stitchway, Raleigh-Stitchway, Raleigh-Stitchway. And then I went into the article. Uh, I go to the game with my son and a couple other people. And all of a sudden, I get a text from a, a, a woman uh, on my Facebook page saying, I'm Raleigh Stitchway's daughter. Um, my daughter, her Raleigh's granddaughter or niece, I'm not sure. I don't recall which one, found your note. And Raleigh's at the game, and he wants to meet you. So uh, to me, that <laughs> shows a small world. I said, how did you find this? I mean, I wrote it on Facebook. And I'm like, And apparently, somebody did a search for Raleigh Stitchway right before the game, and this came up. So, unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to meet Raleigh because he was on the other side of the field and, you know, crazy stuff. But we're going to get together for lunch in the, in the near future. For those who don't know, Raleigh was the quarterback at Army uh, in the early 60s, uh, at the same time that Roger Staubach was making headlines over at uh, the Naval Academy. And Raleigh was a, a pretty damn good quarterback and uh, for the Army and uh, – um I think it's an honor to meet him. I hope I get to meet him in, in upcoming weeks. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're shooting for sometime in April for us to get together for lunch, and I'm going to have him sign a couple autographs and um, be an honor to meet him. Um, so anyway, I've been following Army since my dad was military, World War II. He got us involved. We grew up in Nanuet, which is just south of the Academy, about 30 miles south. And we've been going to games since I was, you know, you know, five years old, four years old, um, uh, you know, and uh, my first memory is uh, Raleigh Stitchway. Uh, uh, and my, my next memory really was Army playing Colgate. They lost that game. And I thought it was so cool, as I wrote in the article, so cool that Army was playing a, a toothpaste. <laughs> and, um, and like, wow, I mean, I wonder if there was any other toothpaste out there. Uh, I found Rice was the closest one I could come up with. Um, but I've I've been following, I've been i I've been a season ticket holder since the 60s with my dad. I took over the ownership of the season tickets in the very early 1980s after I graduated from Syracuse. And I root for the orange too, but I root for Army above and beyond West Point above and beyond uh Syracuse. And I've been to most of the games. I've probably been to um I've definitely been to several hundred games at, at the academy. I follow them around the country a little bit, uh, try to go to a game every year or so. Um, been all over the place: Texas, California, uh, Michigan, um, Boston, Boston College. I saw him play, and um, I, I, I just love West Point football. And uh, happy to stay, see the team winning these days. It's there it's, it, it was a long stretch, and as we all know, um, from the late '90s until about five six years ago, where we weren't winning. So I came up with my list. I have five of the best games, and as Sal knows, I also have two of the worst games. Um, uh, that I saw at West Point. These all these games were played at West Point. I was in attendance for every one of them except for the 2020 games um against Navy and uh N- Navy and Air Force where none of us were allowed to be there. I wish I could have snuck in. Um so you want me to get going on, on my games? Sa, so you're on mute. So yeah.
0: I can't hear you, Brendan. Can you hear me, Sal? Uh, no, Brendan, I'm sorry. Talk a little bit about how your Army fandom started. Oh,
2: sorry. So, I, I if I remember correctly, I think this was Seth's number one game. Um So my first, so I, I grew up in um in uh, in North Jersey, in Bergen County. Still live there, and uh, always kind of had a familiarity with with West Point. I mean, I'm I'm assuming. I'm assuming you can't do this these days, but, uh, when I was really young, my family, we would just go up and picnic, uh, on the, on post on the river and, uh, you know, watch the Metro North trains go, go by across the river. Um, but so I'll, I'll just set the scene. So I was 12 and the year before my family had, uh, switched churches and a guy that we met at the new church uh, was an Army season ticket holder, uh, similar to Seth's family. You know, the, the tickets were generational uh, in the family. And so he invited my dad and I to go to a game. And I had never been to a uh, sporting event quite like that before. But um, so it was it was uh, Thursday, October 7th, 1999 against Louisville. I, be, I believe still the only Thursday night game in Mikey Stadium history.
0: And it, might be, it might be,
2: yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was excited because, you know, because I was 12 and I knew I was going to get to stay up late and, you know, eat popcorn and drink soda and all that good stuff. But uh, I, I, you know, later on, I I ended up um, going to college and and getting a history degree. But so that was something I was already interested in as as a kid. So the history of the place you know, meant something to me already. And then, you know, it's like you're there at night and you have guys parachuting into the stadium and, you know, cannons going off after every touchdown and, and, and all of this, all of this kind of uh, all of these things around the game. And then the game itself, you know, was a double overtime thriller. So I, I mean, I, I, I don't know any 12 year old boy who wouldn't be hooked after that experience.
0: Yeah. Seth, talk about that. That game's number one on your list. Talk about that. Now it's interesting, right? Because we're talking, um, well that, that year, Seth, that's not, um, that's still Bob Sutton coaching the team or is that, um, 99 you know, is
1: was, I think Sutton was still there in 99.
0: Yes. Yeah, so that's a Bob Sutton coach yeah, team. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's a Mike Wallace's where he really, um, had a Mike break, Wallace, break yeah, game, right? Try, yeah, we tried really. to get, I tried to get in contact with Mike Wallace, um, for the podcast so, um a little late on that maybe we can get him on one of these times would be interesting to see his take on that game that was a, a wild game with Louisville um Louisville quarterback Chris Redman at the time or now I'm trying to remember I have to go yeah back. He,
2: they kept um so I was I was able to go back and watch somebody sent me a, a copy of the game years later and uh, I've I've watched it uh, a couple times since and yeah during the broadcast they kept cutting to like oh, like now he's here, like now Redmond's, uh, you know, number seven on the all-time charts. Now he's at number six and so on and so forth. Yeah, he well, was I was mean,
1: I, I, It was the first uh, Thursday night game at West Point. It was the, you know, ESPN or it was uh, some special game that everybody, a uh, national game. Uh, what people don't really remember about it is that Army was winning 45-17. Um, at the um, half. <laughs> that was, yeah, and, uh, and, you know, they, they were cruising. And uh, I, I remember the guy sitting behind me. He was a high school coach at Rampo High School, one of the assistant coaches, I believe, Rampo High School in Rockland County. I didn't know him. He was sitting behind me. And I said to him, don't go anywhere. This game isn't over yet. And sure enough, you know, double overtime. But it was, um, it, it was quite a game. It was, it, it was you know, the, the fact that Louisville came back and, you know, was able to tie it and force overtime, you know, made it all that much more exciting. Of course, we're all happy that, that Army won uh, in double overtime. But, you know, we can't forget that, you know, they were winning by 28. They were winning by four touchdowns, uh, you know, in the third quarter, early in the third quarter. And Louisville just dominated the second half. And, uh, you know, you were sitting here and everybody was saying, and the place was only half filled. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a huge crowd. I, I bet you... Um, you know mikey holds about 40 i bet you it was no more than twenty five thousand there uh you know including the cadets obviously um so um you know it was um we thought it was gonna be a disaster you know in, in the second half and then of course we pulled the game out and uh uh that made uh uh it made a you know a A big difference in my mind. I thought we were going to be this dynamite team for the second half of the season. I don't remember how we finished that year, but I'm sure it wasn't great. And that might have been Sutton's last year.
0: Yeah, probably. I think it was. It was. Yeah. It was
2: was the last year of Sutton, and it was the year before the rebrand of all of the logos and everything.
0: They were still the cadets back then, not the they Black were, Knight. Right? Yes,
2: exactly. They were yeah. still the cadets. The yeah.
0: cadets, yeah. yeah. Hey, real quick, let's go with a comment from Amazing Air Show videos. Uh, I had a great story about Louisville game. I was on the visitor's side behind the bench. About 10 of us were heckling Louisville players when Army was crushing them. And then he has more when they tied it. They ran to the wall and not to their haircuts. Not to their head coach. Yeah, yeah, not to their haircuts. are absolutely furious that the players were focused on us and not them. And at the end, Army won. They gave us high fives going down the tunnel. <laughs> oh. uh, there's a lot of memories, right? When you go to Mikey Stadium, like you were talking, Brendan, yeah, there's the, the pregame stuff, right? And then when you can sit in the stands in an iconic stadium like Mikey and you can see, like, some good games unfold, like, I want to just – um real quick, I want to give you guys my top ten. Brendan, then we'll get to some of your thoughts on some of the games that you – maybe some of my games will be your games. I don't know. Let's – um. I'll go yeah. my-
2: I, I mean, I'll just, I'll just say, I mean, being that, being that I, you know, my fandom only began in 99. I don't mm-hmm. know that I have 10 games. <laughs> I, I have, I have maybe five. Okay. Uh, so yeah, well, yeah. I'll, I'll just kind of chime in if we have any overlaps.
0: Yeah. Well, my, mine start basically 2007 when I started the beat. Um, I only cover, I was telling Seth real quick story. My first game I've ever covered at Mikey stadium ever been to Mikey stadium was 2000. It was, the first year of the coach. We don't mention too much on this podcast name and uh, they beat Tulane. I saw he won five games at Mikey uh, as an army football coach. I covered two of those games and they were all both against Tulane in 2000 and 2001. So I don't know many people that can say that. Um, so uh, I, I, I don't know. I, uh, that's not really one of my crowning achievements uh, covering army football, but uh, let me get to my top. Uh, let me get to my top five and then I'll, I'll let you chime in, uh, Brendan. Uh, my first one is the miracle at Mikey in 2007, when they played Tulane and Kevin Dunn comes off the bench and he throws a Hail Mary pass uh, to send the game into overtime. Army ends up beating Tulane. I think just the story there with Kevin Dunn, you know, not he hadn't played really a lot during the season. He's uh, I guess there were a couple injuries at quarterback and he comes in and he leads Army to a victory. Um, I believe the players, I believe his brother was a player on the team, too, a tight end. And he, he was put on a, a player's shoulders at the end of the game and uh, celebrated. Um, my number two is Temple against Temple in 2017. Kelvin Hopkins comes off the bench. Um, another quarterback situation coming off the bench. 91 seconds left. They have to drive 79 yards to tie the game. He hits Jermaine Adams with a touchdown pass uh, in the corner of the end zone. Army wins 31-28. My third game is Eastern Michigan 2017. Interesting about that, that was the week before the Temple game. So Army had two of these crazy back-to-back games at home, uh, back-to-back weeks. Uh, 28-27, James Gibby Gibson stops a two-point conversion at like the one-millimeter line for the Army win. Is that the, um, is
1: that the game that Munkin threw the chair into the stands?
0: Uh, yes, I he yeah. threw it. He, yeah, he held up the chair. Yeah, he was going crazy after that game. Um, my fourth game is Miami of Ohio uh, the next year, 2018. 31-30, double overtime game. Elijah Riley makes a, a stops, a, I believe, a two-point conversion. It was. Yeah, yeah um, with the help of Javari uh, Bordeaux. And um, that game, uh, two overtimes. Now, I battle for five and six here. Now, I don't know if you guys were in attendance for any of these, but one is this year that just passed. That Wake Forest game was nuts. That Wake Forest game was absolutely crazy, 70-56. to Most points scored in a football game at Mikey Stadium, most total yards. Um, Sam uh, Hartman set passing records in that game. That's my number five, but very close to that is the snow game against Fordham. In 2011, 55 nothing Army won, but just the fact that game was played and the conditions it was played in. Um, and I always tell my story about sleeping in the press box after the game because trees were down, and I couldn't get home, and so uh, those were my um, those were my top five. Brendan, um, what what other ones come to mind for you? And then we'll get to some comments from uh, viewers. Well, so so I was
2: so I was at the miracle against Tulane as well. And I, I don't remember if it was injury situation or if it was just desperation mm-hmm. putting, uh, putting Kevin Dunn in at the end of the game. But yeah, I mean, for those who don't know, it was, it was a Hail Mary pass, uh, him to Mike, Wright. And there's yes. a still image. Uh, I don't know who took it. Like, I don't know what outlet it was, but, uh, Mike, Wright, The receiver, his foot is like almost on the end line. Of, of the end zone. Like he, he literally was just in bounds with the ball in his possession. Uh, and then they, and then they still had to kick the extra point to tie the game. So that was definitely a wild one. And then uh, the wake forest game. I, I mean, I can't bring myself be, like, because it was a loss. I can't bring myself to put that in my top five, but I have a crazy story about that day because, because uh, I brought a radio with me. And I tuned into what was supposed to be the um, radio broadcast with no delay with Rich DeMarco on the call. And instead, what I got was the CBS Sports uh, TV truck. So I'm listening to the director, like, call out all of it, like, to all the camera operators on every down. It was fascinating to listen to in real time.
0: Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Any other games come to your mind or?
2: So I'll say, I'll say a couple against air force. Um, mm-hmm. one, one was, one was like kind of a nice, easy blowout in 2012. Yep. And, um, that was, uh, that was maybe f- five days after hurricane Sandy rolled through.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was a crazy week. Cause there were tons of power outages, which in turn caused gas sh- shortages, I remember actually waiting in line uh on the Garden State Parkway to get into th- uh the rest area in Montvale to to fill up on gas just so I could go to the game. Wow. And um uh oh man was it I think it was 2018 against Air Force. Yeah, because they are cuz they cuz they already had they they had won the trophy. They had won the CSC the year before. So so by beating air force in 2018, they made sure that they would retain it. And I remember I, I I took a picture of it in the, uh, I want to say the third or fourth quarter. There was like, I was, I was in the upper deck. And so looking towards the Northeast end zone, I could see out over the Lusk and there was a rainbow. Nice. Um, over the lusk so yeah that's a couple favorite memories for me i got
1: got, you guys mentioned the wake forest game um i was in a traffic jam getting into the stadium uh i missed the first quarter of the game and missed a lot yeah i I, I did i missed a lot i I got there with about a minute left in the first quarter the traffic i was at the gate you know 30 cars 50 cars behind uh at 11 o'clock maybe even before that 10 to 11 and we parked at about quarter, and I have a good spot to park, I thank God, so I was able to get to the game quickly. But I finally went around the traffic and came a different way and uh, whatever. And as far as that game went after Hurricane Sandy, I filled up in Pennsylvania, knowing there would be no gas. I drove my car with a, like a quarter tank. I drove about 60 miles into Pennsylvania where they didn't have any problems with gasoline. Filled up the tank just to make sure I got to that game afterwards. Wow. So I was I, I was thinking ahead
0: there. That's crazy. Let's get to a couple of comments and, and then Seth, we'll get to your list more in depth in your list. Um, here we go. Amazing air show video Say army air force 20, a uh, 1996, one of the top games. Um, you know, I just posted the link for this podcast about an hour ago and Ben Kotwika, the, the 1996 one of the captains of the 1996 team mentioned this game as one of the top games at Mikey stadium. Granted, he played in the game. Granted, he, uh, he, he, uh, beat air force that day. So, uh, that's one that's come to mind. Um, we have Jason Mac- Jason McElrath saying Army Lafayette 1990. Seth, does that ring a bell? I th- I think that's the game where Lafayette took the lead with about a
1: minute left,
0: if I have it right,
1: and uh, uh, not a good Lafayette team, but they were. I think they went up like thirty five to to thirty or something like that, and Army scored with with a minute, a minute and a half left on the score. But I think that might be the game. And I remember sitting back then I sat on where the cadets sit now, uh, on about the 30 yard line at the, the top row. And I was like there with a buddy of mine saying, I can't believe we're going to lose this game. And I remember the, the starting guard on Lafayette big guy was like making fun of the army cadets, uh, you know, kind of like running over there after they scored their touchdown or field goal. I don't recall what they scored to go ahead, but army ended up winning that game. Um, uh, with you know, with with no time left, um, uh, you know, with uh, and uh, I was I, I was relieved because Lafayette is not in our league, obviously.
0: Yeah, A Or should be off. in our league at least. Yeah, walk off win. Like Army had the walk off win in the bowl game against Missouri this year. Um, another one for amazing show videos. He was uh, miracle at Mikey. He's at the ten yard line in the stands when that pass was thrown. I thought he was out for sure. Great, great play. He says the snow game uh, is a, another one of his favorites. And here we go, uh, Jason McElrath saying, Army Cincinnati, 2004.
1: That was our first win um, after the 0-13 season. The week before, Army almost was beating a decent TCU g- team. Yeah, and I, I think- was
2: I was at that game against TCU. Yeah. I was heartbroken. We were winning,
1: I think, 17-14, and they scored – uh, I, as a, as I took my son to the game with me and he became an army fan briefly. He's no longer an army fan. I have to force him to go to the games now, but uh, he became an army fan briefly uh, because uh, at that game, it was so exciting. And unfortunately we lost the game. And the following week, uh, you know, we, uh, Cincinnati came in and we beat them. And um, I, I just remember some comments from the Cincinnati fans about, because I, I sat there with some fans uh, of Cincinnati, the had fans around me, and they were completely embarrassed. They were losing to a team that had lost, you know, at that point, 15, 16, 17 in a row. Yeah. Um, they weren't too happy about that. But that was a big win because, you know, we needed to break that streak. Um, and I think they – did we win two games that year or three? I think might have been three. I think uh,
2: 2004 was 2-9. Two and, nine. Two and nine, they, they, okay. beat, they beat Cincinnati and then – the next week beat south florida on the road oh, carlton
0: jones right with a big game yeah from carlton jones. yeah
2: yeah because yeah, because tyler tyler robinson had five touchdowns against cincy and then carlton jones had five touchdowns against uh south florida the next week
0: yeah. Yeah. tyler robinson ended up going to duke i think transferring to duke um yeah so he, he was, did yeah he was a talent um um here you go he, Walking encyclopedia of Army football. I think we're talking about Seth and Brendan here. I think we're talking about both of you guys. I don't know about myself. Guys. More.
1: He got the particulars down better than I do. Um, <laughs> I, I'm more of a, a guy who watches the game. I don't know who. I mean, I have to go back to the 80s to remember some of these names. But, um, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, that's the guys I really paid attention to, you know, the, the 80s. Um, but, How
0: about um, this game with Bill Murray? Uh, Bill Murray, that was the Wake Forest game, I'm guessing, Bill Murray was at, right? Or no?
1: Oh, I think it was after that.
0: Yeah, I do too. I, I don't think know. it was that game. Uh was it? Um, yeah, uh, uh, was it the F- not when they played like Bucknell or something? Uh, Bucknell was
1: too late. It was before Bucknell. Um, it was. I think the game right after uh, Wake Forest. Um,
0: okay.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. Uh, but you know, the The army air force game
0: where where two cadets grabbed the air force cheerleader, air force flag, ran out of the gates, and threw it in the lusk reservoir as they were being chased by the MPs. I don't don't remember that, yeah. I don't remember that,
1: yeah. What what, one thing you guys may not remember, and some of the old army fans might, when the cadets were on the other side of the field on the press box side of the field, um, they used to take the cheerleaders from the opposing team. And girls, women, and they would throw them up and they would go up. They would would throw them up the up the the, 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 where the cadets were. And obviously, as time got on, um, every once in a while, they would drop one. I don't think it was more. But, you know, also became not politically correct to be grabbing young women. But back in the day when I was a kid, um, they would throw they would take the cheerleaders from the opposing team. And often these cheerleaders wanted no part of it. But they were convinced to do it somehow. And they would take one or two, usually just one, and they would take her and throw her up the stands. Um, again, that that tradition, that tradition ended in the 70s at some point, um, when it became you know not too kosher to be touching and feeling these girls. Um, probably stopped before we got when our West Point went co-ed. So okay. I was before 76 or around 76, definitely. But I remember seeing it, and, and to the fans, it was funny. I can't think it would be too funny yeah. for the
0: cheerleader. Yeah, not at all. I have a Twitter comment from uh, Rob Christie, who also says the Miracle at Mikey game against Tulane in 2007 is one of his favorite games. Uh, so thanks, Amazing Airshow Videos, for letting us know that Bill Murray game was UMass, of course. I don't know how I forgot about that. It just happened, yeah. like, this season, you know. You so uh, yeah. yeah, so, um Seth. Go into it a little bit deeper with your I'll list. I'll take now. you through my, my top five.
1: Um, number one, again, was Louisville. We talked about that. Number two, and this is the old-timers here, 1968, October 12th, California, highly ranked, uh, came into West Point, uh, winning the game 7-3 with five, six minutes left in the game, something like that. Army had a quarterback named Steve Lindell. And a receiver uh, named Gary Steele, who I believe was the first African American starter at West Point, maybe the first African American player at West Point. Uh, and they hooked up for a—I like to think it was like a 98-yard touchdown pass, but I really think it was like the uh, 68 yards. Um, and he went—you know—he went into the end zone and uh, uh, and scored. And Army held him, uh, held Cal Cal back, and uh, won the game. And Cal, at the time, I think was—I have it down here. I think they were ranked. Um, 14th in the country or something like that. Um, but uh, the, the the big thrill for me was um, in 1990, they brought all the old living cadets, as many as they could find football players, back for 100 years of West Point. And I am trying to sell one of my extra tickets. At that point, I had six season tickets. Now I'm down to four. Um, and I'm trying to sell a couple of tickets at the front gate there. Um, and all of a sudden, I see I see Gary Steele, this tall, Distinguished. I think he was in the military, um, a military man, you know, he's about six four. Um, and I'm I'm 5'10, so he's towering over me and um and it has a badge, you know, army football player Gary Steele. And I like, Gary Steele, oh my like, god, you caught that ball from Steve Lindell. And he's like, look at that me, I'm crazy. And he goes into the stadium, and two minutes later, Steve Lindell walks by. And I'm like, I just saw Gary Steele. You threw the pass. And uh, that was a a big highlight for me because uh, that was a good team. That was, I think, we finished uh, eight and two that year. We only lost to uh, Penn State, you know, seven and three. Maybe we finished seven and three. But we got invited to a bowl game both that year and the year uh, before. And they turned it down because of the Vietnam war and they didn't want mm-hmm. these guys, you know, celebrating while people were getting killed in Vietnam. And so we had a chance to go to the sugar bowl one of those years, um, and, uh, play, I want to say LSU. Uh, but, uh, it, it was a major bowl back then there weren't many bowl games and maybe, you know, half dozen to eight. Uh, and the sugar bowl was a major bowl and we, uh, and we had to turn it down. Um, and, um, and uh, you know it, it was a shame, but that was that was game number two. Game number three, way back when, also 1974. Air Force came into West Point. Army was not having a good year. 73, uh, of course, we we didn't win any games. We we're 0 and 10, I believe. Maybe 0 and 11. I think it was 0 and 10. We won two games in um in 74 against Holy Cross and Lafayette, not good teams. Um, and then Air Force comes in; they weren't that good either. But they're beating us, and uh, uh, with no time left, Army puts in um, uh, one of my favorite quarterbacks, Lehman Hall, who is this tall guy, about 6'7", um, and he goes in a freshman. Um, I believe he was a freshman, and he goes down the field to get us into position for a game-winning touchdown, a guy named Mark, Mike Marquez, uh, 33-yard field goal. as time expired to give Army the win. Uh, now, the game was played in November after daylight savings time, uh, so it's already getting dark. The lights that we have now were not there then. They had some lights, but not many. And it was getting dark. The crowd was hysterical. It was a big crowd. I would say you know 35 to 40 k uh, in the in the stadium. And this guy kicked the perfect you know a field goal to win the game for Army uh, as time expired. Um, that was you know to me a, a huge a, a huge win. Um, we I think Navy clobbered us a couple of weeks later, but. 19 uh, nothing or something like that. that uh, the year before, they beat us 51 nothing when we didn't win a game. Number four, Boston College and Army, October 12th, 1985. Um, we, were, we had a good team. We had a good team, but we didn't beat anybody. You know, we were playing Penn, and I think Rutgers we beat, and Yale, I'm looking at Western Michigan, Penn, Yale, and Rutgers. And nobody was taking us serious yet, and BC came in a year after Doug Flutie, I believe. I think Flutie was uh, gradu- had just graduated. Um, and uh, it was a it was a, a night game, Saturday night game, I believe, um, and we killed them, forty five to fourteen. It wasn't it wasn't close from the start. Um, and then the last ones as a tie, it's the twenty twenty games against Navy and Air Force. I wasn't there, none of us were. Uh, so I don't know if you were there as a member of the press.
0: No, but uh, Seth, I think you probably snuck in there. You just don't want to uh, tell us, you know, just don't want to reveal I You've got all these yeah. games, you know, so I think you probably snuck in Which
1: there. game was in the fog? Which was at the Navy game in the yeah, fog? Yeah, it was right? Navy, yeah. yeah. I would have loved to have been there. If I would have done anything to have been there. Um, but, of course, I watched on TV with the rest of us, and it was you know, a big win for us. And I have Navy fans who – friends of mine who are Navy fans who claim, you know, it's not fair it was a home game for Army um and you know that benefited us greatly but i think we had a good team and of course the great air force game you know, We you know we're you know we're all sitting there biting our fingernails hoping for a win and we got that so those are my top five i'd like to share real quickly my bottom two is that okay absolutely let's okay, hear my it. bottom two and again this is me being at the stadium um, number one was the Nebraska Army game in 1972, which I believe was opening day, September 23rd. That's how late they used to open. Uh, and Nebraska Army, people were talking about Army giving Nebraska a great game. I think they had Johnny Rogers there, uh, uh, the, the uh, Heisman Trophy winner. Um, the game was over pretty much midway through the first quarter. We lost 77 to 7. I believe we were losing 77 nothing, um, maybe 70 nothing when we scored a late touchdown. Um, and the thing that st- the two things that stick with me on this game is that it was pathetic. Um, you know, with three things, it was pathetic. Too, the story goes that uh, uh, Nebraska ran up the score because one of the assistant coaches on Nebraska played for Villanova in 1944. It makes sense year-wise. It's 33 years later, so he'd be in his mm-hmm. 50s. Um, and Army Army beat Villanova 83 nothing, kind of ran up the score on them. Uh, a game at Mikey in, in in the 40s during the war years. And this guy convinced the coach, um, it wasn't Tommy Osborne, it was a guy before him, um, to just keep the starters in longer than they would have normally. Um, and then the second game, um, um, I, I should add that the following week, we were 30-point dogs to Texas A&M in College Station, and we won the game. Um, yeah. What that- do you think?
2: That was that was seventy. I think that was seventy two. Seventy two. Yeah, we were yeah. six and four, and um, and yeah, six and four, and they won the inaugural CIC. Yes,
1: they did. They but, it, but it started. Force,
2: with, but it started with seventy seven to seven. Yeah,
1: Air Force was ranked that year, and yep. um, and we beat them. Uh, they, they were ranked. I think it's the last time Army has beaten a ranked team.
0: Yeah,
2: it's it still is. Yeah, uh, AP,
0: yeah. AP ranked team because people always argue. A couple of years ago, when they beat Navy. Navy was not an AP ranked team. I believe right, they were right, coaches right. or they were the right. uh
2: No, it whole was committee.
0: Right. It, yeah.
2: yeah, it was it was the CFP rankings, which honestly yeah. I I yeah. don't count as canon. So but, uh,
0: <laughs> the,
1: the other worst game was uh September 7th, 20 uh 2002. Army was um I believe it was opening day again. Army was being talked about as being a bowl bound team. Uh, with our new coach, who we don't mention, you know, his second year—I guess it was his third year there—and he, um, he, this was the year that Army was going to break through. The New York Times did an article about it that morning. I read it. I was super sight. Uh, at that point, I was my seats, as they are now, were be- right behind the Army bench, and a um, a, a kickoff return a, a, for a touchdown. I think started the game. I believe it was a kickoff return that started the game. And I remember our coach's face. I, 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 he kind of was there with a dazed look on his face, as far as I was concerned. And I said, Oh boy, this is going to be a long season. Um, and of course, it was a long season and it got worse the next year. Um, but of course, you know, I don't, I still to this day don't know how anybody can run a pro set offense with smaller players like we did. Like he, he insisted on running, uh, which I think set us back about a decade. So those are my two worst games at West Point. And believe me, there were other games where we struggled. But uh, those two stand out.
0: Let's get to some comments real quick. Um, Actually, um, Jason McElrath said the, uh, the Army Lafayette game what he was talking about was in 1992. Now, Jason is the brother of Mike McElrath, who's uh, of Army, one, one Army's uh, bat, all-time leading tackler still. And we'd are um, like to have Mike McElrath on this podcast. Um, tried to reach out to him recently. So, Jason, maybe if you can send him that message that we'd like to get him on here. Uh, Steve Anderson and I would like to get him on here to talk He's one of the best Army defensive players uh, to, have, to, to to play to play at West Point. We I like. Just, to I gotta
1: to add that I I remember your brother very well, and he was
0: spectacular, spectacular player. Came came back into administrative position at West Point too. Um, uh, within the last decade, I believe I remember seeing him um, too. He was at he went, came back to West Point. Now here's a game that I don't know. If, Brendan and I didn't see this game I know I but I did I did, did you? Randy Randy Moss put out a show at Mikey Stadium. I believe it was one of the first games in 1997 I believe. It was yeah. opening
1: day it was opening day at least opening home game in 1997. Again, we had high hopes after the 96 season where we went 10 and 2. Um lost in a bowl game, you know, lost to Syracuse with Donovan McNabb up there and uh, then lost um to Auburn in the in a game that you know we um, you know, that we, we could have won, uh, but we were all excited. Randy Moss was playing for, for Marshall, and I believe it was the first play from scrimmage about the six-yard line. In my opinion, he jumped over the entire Army team and r- raced for a touchdown. I think he caught, caught a screen pass or it might have been a pitch out, uh, but it, as far as I'm concerned, he literally jumped over everybody
0: and uh, unstoppable, and they beat us up pretty bad. This is a game that I have on my list, believe it or not, at number nine. Terry Baggett, when he set the Army uh, single-game rushing record against Eastern Michigan, it was in 2013. It might be a game that maybe flies under the radar to some Army fans. But, man, Terry Baggett, we've had him on the podcast. What a game he had, uh, 304 yards, um, just kind of owned Eastern Michigan. And I, I just Terry Baggett was one of the guys that I, – I think Brendan and, and Seth is about my – correct I believe his senior year was Monkin's first season so yes. yes it was a little bit of a change in coaching staffs and a little bit of change and somewhat a little change in philosophy and um, sometimes Terry Baggett might be a guy that you know sometimes might not get the the, the credit that he really deserves he was a great right. athlete he was great you know, I always tell the story and anytime I, ha- I talked to Terry about this when he was in high school he also played basketball and when he was in high school, his basketball team was really good. And they went up against Anthony Davis, who's now an L.A. Laker, before Anthony Davis's growth spurt. And Terry Baggett was guarding Anthony Davis in high school. That's how um, really good Anthony uh, uh, Terry Baggett was an athlete. And, uh, man, that's a game now I, I remember, you know, the individual effort of Terry Baggett. And um, I'm trying to think of other games from Army where they had good individual efforts. Um, Well, we had that
1: fullback um, uh, stocky guy. Was it Mooney or Rooney? Oh,
0: Colin Mooney.
2: Yeah, Mooney Mooney had a big day, I want to say,
0: against Louisiana Tech. It was 2008, I believe, was his senior year, and that's the year really he got most of the run where he set the single-season Army uh, rushing record. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I remember, you know what? I don't know I'm gonna type it in right now while we're talking I want to say that it was definitely at Mikey Stadium oh, Louisiana Tech 14 to 7
2: uh must I must be thinking of it
0: yeah maybe, oh, yeah. maybe
2: it was maybe it was Tulane
0: yeah it probably was man how many of these wins that we how many of these wins uh are against Tulane that we're remembering
2: uh, it makes uh it makes it all the more frustrating that they've been kind of a boogeyman team for Army in recent years.
1: Yeah, yeah. But we beat them. We we won only one game a couple of years, and uh I think both times was Tulane. And I think yeah. at Tulane we beat them. I remember listening to the game on the radio, and you know, saying, "Boy, we have no shot even against them." And it might have been two thousand and five, I think, um, or or two thousand two thousand and two or two thousand and five, um. And maybe both years. We, we beat Tulane, I think, on the road both times. And um, that, that's good. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah, now Tulane seems to have our number.
2: Yeah. One one note, though. With, like, we've mentioned the Mikey Miracle against Tulane uh, in 07 a few times. Uh, Tulane's running back. In that in that stretch of a few years was uh, Matt Forte, who went on to have yeah. a pretty good uh, yeah, NFL career. Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially given what running backs usually do these
0: days. You know, you know what, guys? I was just thinking of this game. Um, it's it's it, Army did not win this game, Brendan, so you can't have it on your list, probably. <laughs> but what about that 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 year when they played Northern Illinois? um early in the year and northern illinois i believe went to like a a, a new year's a new year's uh they day bowl. A great bowl game, yeah they went to a yeah, great yeah. they won like 10 games a uh, jordan lynch was their quarterback i believe and um that was a great that was like a, a similar to a wake forest game back and forth um i'm trying to remember the I year th- i think
1: game. it was 2012 no wow. was, i think it was before that
0: no wow I th- um I th- it may have been um that was that was a game that was – I remember just because of the caliber Army played – you know, you might be right, Brendan, because you remember, hey, that 2012 team, right, going into that season, I'm like I – t- I was telling everybody in the office, Army's going to really have a breakout season. They had everybody back. This is going to be a great year. And how many games did Army win that year? Too They were two. two and ten. And they, didn't they beat, like, Boston College and yes. Vanderbilt that year? So yes. they beat two, quote, power five teams – but didn't beat anybody else on the schedule. It was just like, that was a, and that was Trent Steelman's senior year, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. So, so 2012, they beat Boston college early and then they had the, the win against air force after Sandy. Yeah. And then they ended up being one fumble away from winning the CIC at the end of the season. It would have been crazy.
0: Oh yeah. That year. Yeah. And you know what? So I'm looking at that year, right? And I, this is a, this is a good story. So the only time i ever been on the road in a plane in the regular season when I covered a team was a 2012 opener. I'm like, this is what I'm saying. This is going to be a great Army team. They sent me out to San Diego State for the opener. And, I, you know, I'm like, I've never been to California in my life, right? This is my first trip out to San Diego State. And I'm like all hyped up for the game. Um, and then San Diego State just I mean, it was it was one of those games that was over a halftime. Was right? it like thirty-five-seven or something like that? It was like forty-two to seven, yeah, and it was yeah. just like, man, it just nothing went right for them that game. And I'm like, I convinced the newspaper to finally send me out to a game It's San Diego State, and Army just laid an egg, right? They just laid an mm-hmm. egg. And the funny thing, not a good story. There is, I'm I'm back in my um, hotel room. I uh, uh, gotta get out within two hours to get my flight back home, and I'm talking to my wife. At the time, and we haven't come up with a name for my daughter yet. Uh, my daughter is now nine, so um, we came. My wife came up with the name Emma June, and I said, "Bam, perfect." I'm in a hotel room in, in San Diego, um, <laughs> and, and that's that's when the name finally came to fruition. And uh, so that's a, that's a that's a that's a memory for me. It's a road game. I just I, I felt the need to tell that story, guys. Um, but yeah, but uh, I congratulations together,
1: on your daughter. That's great. Yeah, um, thanks. I, I think I, I think we've had some bad luck uh, in in scheduling um I remember back in the 90s um, we were playing Duke and Duke was terrible year after year and we were playing it was a Thursday night game down in Duke um, and you know I'm saying to myself okay they, they're terrible we have a chance here and they blew us out and it was on national TV and I was like I was like oh, great this is gonna do uh, you know terrible for recruiting and then we played a, a couple of years later we played Boston university who was a nothing division one double a school back then. They yeah. called it now. It's FBS, FCS. Um, and they don't have a team anymore. Um, but th- th- we played them and they had this dynamite team and it was a close game as I recall, but they won. And I'm like, wow, we're losing to Boston university, not even Boston college. And yeah. then uh, a couple of years later, they dropped, they had a, they had a terrible team a couple of years later and they dropped football. And, um, Never to pick it up again. You know they uh, uh, they used to play in the old Boston Braves baseball stadium, with yeah, the Boston Braves yeah, Nichols or Nicholson Field. Uh, they still use it for lacrosse and other sports, but uh, they don't yeah. play football anymore. But we've had some bad luck picking teams. Wake Forest too. Um, you know we 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 play them in the years that they're suddenly a national contender <laughs> or something like that. Like this year's past year,
0: um, yeah. we, we seem to get some bad luck there once in a while. That 2012 team, I just wanted to revisit this real quick. Uh So their schedule was San, at San Diego State, then the Northern Illinois game. They lost by a point to Northern Illinois, who yeah. had that great season. Then they went to Wake Forest, lost by eight to Wake Forest. Then they came home and lost to Stony Brook by 20.
1: That's right. Remember that Yeah. Game?
0: And then the next week, they're home. Well, yeah, the next week, they're home. They beat Boston College. So, I mean. Minus the Stony Brook, that those four out of the five games were pretty, you know, legit games to play at the start of the season. So uh but that that Northern Illinois game was a game that really stood out to me. Hey, real quick, guys, um, we've enjoyed this, but uh, I guess I wanted to get on this uh, yeah, the best games we've seen at Mikey Stadium, right? And you talked about this, Brendan, with Matt Forte. How about the best players you've seen play at uh Mikey Stadium from the other from the opposite teams? you know, is there anybody that stands out there? Um, you know, I never, like I said, I never got a chance to see Randy Moss at Mikey stadium. Uh, Seth, you did. Um, I'm trying to think of some guys that, Hey, um, a couple just came to my head, um, that maybe you guys saw, we saw at Mikey stadium and now they, they had a successful NFL career who were just really good players.
1: Oh. I'm not going to remember as well as – I don't remember names as well as you guys do, but there was a <laughs> middle linebacker on Boston College at the Flutie years uh, who went on to having a pretty good NFL career. I don't remember his name, uh, but he beat up Army pretty bad um, uh, at West Point. I want to say um, 82, 83, somewhere in there, and um, uh, I, I, he he was dynamite. Um, I believe I saw Jim Pluckett play against Army in 1970. No. You now. Yeah, 71, 70 or 71. Uh, they beat us 31-3. I, the worst sheets I ever sat. I sat in the last row of the upper deck, and I couldn't <laughs> even see that small S. Uh, Randy Moss was a great one, obviously. Um, you know, Donovan McNabb, I, I was at the at the game up in Syracuse, and when he he beat us, you know, it wasn't at West Point, but, you know, he, he was a talent um, and obviously a long a professional career. He carried the Orange pretty well. Um uh, you know, uh, I you know, I so according to my brother, I saw Roger Staubach play Army well, in mean 64, but I don't remember that at the in Philadelphia, but I don't remember it. Gotcha. Brendan,
0: any uh players come to your mind?
2: Uh I mean it's 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 probably Matt Forte, although um I, he wasn't necessarily a great athlete in college, but it's kind of noteworthy uh that I did see uh Julian Edelman play, except he was the quarterback of
1: Kent State. I remember that game. I yeah. that. I think we won that game, right? Did Army win? Yeah. yeah. I, I,
2: I don't remember if it went to overtime or if they scored like right before yeah. the end of the fourth quarter, but it was 14-7. quarterbacking,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. I, a couple of names that come to mind for me are, even though being a Cardinals fan, he's not a Cardinal anymore, Chase Edmonds from Fordham. He was really good. Even It, it might have been one double A, but he was, he was a really good running back. Um, you know, they did, they did uh, play Daniel Jones, you know, they did play recently. They did play uh, Duke and Daniel Jones. Um, yeah. Who else? There's got to be more off the top of my head. I wish I could think of a little bit more that that, that played at Mikey Stadium, especially quarterbacks. You know who? what guy was really – I thought was excellent – I uh, was uh, Cole McDonald from Hawaii. Uh the one year Hawaii came in. That I guy That, game.
1: that was a great. That game. guy
0: could sling it. He was fun to watch. I don't know if he's on the NFL roster. He might be a practice squad guy or maybe We a almost
1: won that game, right? Is that the game we almost won? It was like uh we had the ball with 3 minutes left.
0: They actually did beat Hawaii um yeah, one but year.
1: It. Yeah, but we lost the game to Hawaii that we should have won.
0: Yeah, it was that was another one where it was almost like a northern Illinois northern Illinois game it was back and forth right it yeah. was a close game and anybody could have won it's funny how you know Bryce Holland was talking about this last night where Army the games that Army used to lose right they found ways to win those games like we talk about you know the temple game the eastern Michigan game the Miami of Ohio game they found ways to win in those years 2016 to 2018 were in the past right Seth and Brennan, they just found ways to lose games instead of win games, right? It's definitely yeah.
1: a mentality there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. Were if I could up.
1: just end with this, you know, uh, the one thing I, I will say, I tell all my friends this because they know I'm crazy about West Point. Uh, I think the most important game in the last 20 years at West Point was the game we lost to Yale. Uh, it was, of course, you know, at, at the Yale Bowl. But I think that changed the whole mentality that uh, we had to start to win. We had to do things to start to turn it around.
0: I think it was Munkin's first year. Um, yeah, I went to I covered that game, and yeah. uh, I, I, you know that was a weird game because they had a chance to win late, right? In our view from the press box, was it might have even been a rainy day, a damp day, but AJ Shore I thought was the holder for the field goal that Dan Gruch, Gruchowski, I believe was kicked, and the ref the referees ruled that it was no good, but AJ Shore and Gruchowski swore it went through the uprights, but you know then they went into oh, I think that game went into overtime. And they ended up losing, yeah. and so that was a game where oh,
1: I think that turned our program around because I think the brass realized that they had, uh, it, it was it was it was too embarrassing. It was the last losing.
0: place you wanted to be at that game was the press conference after the game because coach. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, I can imagine. Dude, <laughs> dude, Jeff Munkin was furious after that game, right? And just so there was a a local reporter there. And he was up in age in the seventies or eighties, and he asked Coach Munkin if he if his team took Yale for granted in that game, and that was the end of it. I mean, he just
2: oh man
0: blew a stack, and there was almost a little like after the press conference is over, there is a face to face, and it's just like uh like yeah, that wasn't a good day in Army football, but right, it just kind of changed the uh, maybe that was one of the games that changed everything around. Yeah. Uh, but- Brendan, we really appreciate you hopping on, man. We gotta have you on a little bit more often. You got you got some knowledge there. You are dropping. Oh in. man! I what mean, if, we, if
2: if we ever do, uh, if we ever do favorite road games, I could probably do a solid top seven for that. <laughs> uh, I will. I will say though one, because um, again, it's it's not something I'd put on my list, but I, it's probably something we should mention. Uh, I think it was like mid, late September two thousand five, Friday night against Iowa State. Army had a 21-14 fourth quarter lead on a ranked right, Iowa State think? team. And then uh and then the running back for Iowa State, Ryan Cook, although you never know it was pronounced that way from the spelling, uh <laughs> scored two touchdowns to uh, to break my heart. But
1: uh that was a great game and they brought a lot of fans with them. They, they did. They did. Different. It was
2: it was a rare, it was a, a rare uh weeknight game that actually had a decent crowd.
1: Yeah. Was that a that was a Friday night game, right? Wasn't it a Friday it was, night?
2: It was Friday, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Was that the same year that Army uh played Air Force at night and we had the ball on the one yard line early in the game and we fumbled and Air Force ran it back 99 yards for that was head?
2: that was the next year.
1: That was the next year. That was that's, most, that that's,
2: was that's probably my worst game that I ever went to. It was that like, was a
0: disappointing game for me. It was yeah. like
2: it was like 43 6 Air Force at halftime. Oh my gosh.
0: The best and worst, right? Hey, before we leave, guys, also, um, we'll get Jason McElrath's quote on here, too. He's, that game was insane. He's probably talking about the Iowa State game. It was on ESPN, and then he was at that game. Um, You know, what could have been, right? Uh, Oklahoma was supposed to play at Mikey Stadium. That didn't happen. BYU, you talk about when the Power Five schools come in. Like, you'll get those games as much anymore on the schedule as you would like to. Um. This year's home schedule isn't like filled with like, you know, power five schools, you know, last year's wake forest game was certainly worth it. Right. I mean, that, you got your money's worth there. Um, so it'd be nice to, 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 have teams back now. I know they're reconfiguring the stadium and stuff shortly. Um, but uh, maybe give it a little bit more modern look. That's a, that's a podcast. That's a, that's a, that's a topic yeah. for another podcast. I, I will say I,
2: I do even, even though, because of COVID it didn't end up working out. I very much appreciate that Oklahoma signed the deal to play at Mikey and not at, you know, the Meadowlands or or, or some other uh, larger venue. I I appreciate that they were willing to make that trip. And I know a lot of their fans were looking forward to making the trip themselves. So yeah, huge, huge bummer. That one didn't work out.
0: I don't think it's been announced yet and I'm not too sure if it's official, but I think they're going to come back. But it's not gonna be till like 2032. Or <laughs> yeah, I was gonna
2: say
1: 2032. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's yeah, a, long, a, a lot of Oklahoma fans wanted to go to that game. And um, you know, I gotta tell you, you guys don't remember this, but 1973, the year we won no games, uh, we had Notre Dame, California, a very, very good Tennessee team. Um, hmm. I maybe Penn State, maybe not, maybe Penn State was on the road, um, come into Mikey. You know, this is back in the old days. And, you know, obviously Nebraska came in in 72. Uh, Texas A&M had come in. Missouri used to come in. Uh, we had a lot of these top schools come. And I got to tell you that Mikey was filled to capacity, you know, 40,000 people. This is after the, the, the stands were, were, were built. And, um, you know, I we can have this. I hope we have a discussion about that one day about this, the schedule, because I know the schedule is built to win. Um, but it's not built to encourage people to want to come to games, and um I'd love to talk about that because I think they knew they do need to beef it up a little bit, not a lot. You can't go
0: do that yeah. schedule
1: you had in '73. What could happen then? But of course, that was during the Vietnam era, right after Vietnam.
0: Even if you got like a Syracuse at Mikey Stadium, you well, know Syracuse, I coming in right to-
1: twice. They're coming in, yeah, in, in 24 and 26. I think they're coming to Mikey, and BC's yeah. coming. Once in a while, but, you know, even if it's BC or Rutgers or Syracuse or Pitt, you know, the Eastern teams, I think it'll help attendance quite a bit. You know, having, and I hope we can talk about this in a future date, but having some of the schools, Coastal Carolina, they're not a bad team, but nobody no, they're knows good. who they are. They're
0: very good. They're yeah. very good. Yeah. yeah. No
1: one knows who they are. And you, you want to get these names. I know I get my kids. I tell wow. my kids, Stanford. remember Stanford came in. We gave them a good game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. Coastal Carolina is now. The last couple of years, they finished in the top twenty-five. I'm a little bit biased. My stepson graduated from Coastal, and we, I, I've said on this podcast in the past, like uh, as far as like rooting interest, that's I that might put Coastal a little high, higher in an army right right now in my uh, okay. college football fandom. Uh, but What's um, in the Chanticleers? or Ch- Chanticleers. Yeah. there you go. Yeah, Chanticleers. Go. That's there gonna is- be you know they're um. Their schedule this year, you know, you look at it and you say, yeah, but the first two games, I believe, Coastal, right, at Coastal and then Texas-San Antonio at home, two good um, group of five teams from last year um, with a lot of talent. So uh, that's going to be the test. The one thing I would like to say before we get off is that this year's Army schedule has no Air Force game at home, you know, because they're doing the two games at Globe Life Field. Um, but you got to remember, Seth and Brendan, when Army has a sellout, right, at Mikey Stadium, their athletic department makes it more than a million dollars for mm-hmm. a sellout. And now probably even more because the tickets are a little higher. So say between one and $2 million they make for a sellout. So you got to hope that they're getting that much money or a little bit more by having that game at global. Life Field because that's taken away, you know, like you I said, would ass-
2: I would assume so. I would assume. Uh, yeah. I think
0: they're getting good money. Sp-
2: I would assume the sponsors are, are picking up the tab pretty well on that.
1: What was the attendance last year for that game?
0: Uh like in the, in the thirties, maybe, I mean, I could, I could do a quick look. Um
1: uh, I, I'd be curious to know whether the sponsor is happy with the, uh, with the results, because you know, in the thirties is not good enough. I'm sure they're given both schools, probably walk away with a million
0: and a half, $2 million. Well, it wasn't, I know it wasn't something like anywhere close to like an army Navy game. You know, it was maybe not even half the crowd of an army Navy game. No. Yeah. It wasn't very good. I'll look it up real quick. And uh well, that's, you know, Army
1: used to play Air Force at the, at Soldier's Field and they weren't getting the yeah. crowd, so they end up going, 32 32. Yeah, that's not a good turnout for Texas and Army Air Force. I uh <laughs> I'd be I'd be curious to see if they continue this deal after well, this year.
2: I I will I will say I I think I think the Army side of the gate held up their end. I I don't think Air Force fans really travel, but um apparently apparently Jim Young was trying to get that game neutral site uh in his time and and air force was like no like why would we give up our advantage but uh now i guess they want the money so
1: yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be curious to see if they'll be on this year you know 32 000 coming to the game um and you know air force air force went to a bowl game right they went to a bowl game
0: this year oh, they're good they're good yep. they're gonna be good yeah yeah. it's and, gonna uh, be probably yeah, we'll best team on the schedule maybe possibly yeah, yeah. We'll sick um yep yeah, yeah. hey guys thanks so much um first let's thank the people who joined us on um, the comment section and people that were checking in on Twitter. Um, thanks so much for joining us. This was fun, right? And if we could do more of these topics, maybe one time we can do top offensive players at army or who knows we can, we can have fun with topics. Brendan, if you have any, feel free to shoot me uh, an idea and we'll have you back on. Uh, we can, we can talk army football. I know it's um it's March, but Hey, this week, uh, they start spring practice coming up. That's so yeah, on Friday, I believe this is the start of spring practice. We have pro day on Tuesday. Uh, we hope to have uh, Black Knight Nation uh, photographer Lynn Fern out at both um, events and get get some stuff on our website at blacknightnation.com. So uh, thanks a lot, Seth and uh, Brendan, for joining us tonight. This was a lot of fun, and we'll, we'll do it again soon. Thank yeah, you. I would love to. I love it. Great time.